Welcome back to It's All Relative and our daily fantasy edition. I'm your host, Megan, and I'm joined by my brother, Steve, and cousin, Brad. And we are all daily fantasy players, uh, especially we like to play on DraftKings. Um, so like last week, we just want to talk through our weekly process on this podcast. We're going to discuss some core plays, some tournament fades, um, and just our general strategy. Um, before we get started, if you do like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, like it, or share it. Um, but now let me introduce my family and the FanSpeak team. First, Steve is the on-the-clock mastermind um, and our data manager um, for all our simulators. And he, of course, plays a lot of tournaments on DraftKings. Steve, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right. All right. And then Brad is our FanSpeak data guy, and he plays both DraftKings tournaments and cash games. Brad, how are you doing tonight? Doing just fine. All right. Well... Um, I, before we get into our podcast, one uh, note that we did just realize at time of recording, which is Thursday evening, that the New England-Denver game is moved to Monday night and the Buffalo-Tennessee game has been moved to Tuesday night, obviously because of the COVID positive tests. So um, they are not on the main slate and we will not be discussing any of those plays or games. So just a little programming note there. Now let's um, talk a little bit week four, recap it really quick before we jump into week five. So Brad, I want you to give me one word to describe your week four for Daily Fantasy. Um, I didn't come up with a great word, but it was a eh. Um, <laughs> a sound. I, I, I avoided the uh, the chalking, not, I guess not chalkiness, but overplaying the Seattle game. Um, but at the same time, I played Kenyon Drake more than once, and uh, I didn't play uh, Mike Davis or Joe Mixon quite nearly enough, and then also um, uh, a certain tight end from New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess it, the, the lineups he was able to unlock just made him sure made us gloss over the fact that he probably wasn't going to get a catch. Um, but, I mean, when you can jam Kamar and Zeke in the same lineup, you just got to do it, right? Right. Yeah, it, I mean, you weren't the only one doing it, let's put it that way. And, of course, you're talking about Adam Troutman, and I took plenty of Troutman zeros myself. <laughs> um, Steve, what would be one word to describe your week for? Uh, good week. Uh, you know, uh, I I was uh, – I had a profitable week, not, nothing too crazy, but uh, – a profitable week. I was much higher on the Dallas Browns game than probably most people. Um, I, in fact, probably didn't stack it up enough. Uh, of, you know, obviously using Kareem Hunt. Not that that was a easy call, um, <clears throat> but I, uh, I should have had more Dallas players with Dak. I typically only stacked them with one receiver um, instead of two receivers and a tight end or or a tight end. Right. Um, and then uh, I had tons of Odell Beckham, which which was uh, big for me. But uh, unfortunately, I had very little Dalvin Cook because I was just so high in Kamara that that kept me from having a really big week. And I just did not get there on Mixon. I uh, was worried about his lack of passing game usage. And then he goes out and has pretty much as much usage this past week than he had in the first three games combined. So that was uh, frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, a great call for those uh, just reading the matchup and thinking that Jacksonville's defense gives up a lot. So um, and game script could be in his favor and it, it ended up being in his favor. So uh, that's how he got the big hundred yard 
uh, one like a buck fifty on the ground as well. So, um, but good week, happy with it, and just trying to repeat it and improve for this week. Absolutely, mine would be my word would be overexposed in that I overexposed myself to the Seattle Miami game and the field goal fest that happened there. Um, so that would be uh, that hurt me and made it a little bit of a rough week kind of like brad said so um now let's talk about one process mistake you made in week four you know not injuries or bad variants but just a process mistake that you'd like to prove on moving forward steve what would be one thing looking back that you'd like to improve on um i i think uh just my running back selection um uh, i i did have a lot of ronald jones uh but i didn't pair him enough with Mike Davis or like I said Dalvin Cook um you know I did get to Drake and and some other guys who just were not as you know Jonathan Taylor guys like that 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 just didn't get there so my running back selection is what helped me back my receivers and quarterback play was great and even my tight ends were generally good outside when I went down to to uh Troutman because I was on Hooper I, I had some Schultz uh, a couple other guys who sure. uh, Waller uh, who who had good games, um, and that's it was a rough tight end week, so that's good. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, my running backs are what would help me back. I mean, Jones was a big home run, and and I was uh, definitely above the field on him, but it I was just lower in the field on any of the other running backs that you really wanted. Absolutely, Brad. What would be a kind of a process mistake you made in week four that you'd like to improve on? Mine's mine's actually very similar. Um, I wasn't nearly high enough um, on Mike Davis and Ronald Ronald Jones, you know, players like that. Um, you know, I, I played them a decent amount, but at the same time, you know, I was so focused on trying to get Kamara into everything. While it wasn't a bad right. play, it's just, um, you know, if you're overweight on a player and he does what he did, like he, you know, only scores 20 points at that yeah. price, it really caps your upside um right and it's, it's just like don't want to go too overweight no matter how good the the uh the spot is you know because something like that can happen um absolutely i mean you just never know and that looked at like one of the the few times where you could almost lock in kamar for like 35 plus right um, but then yeah when latavius, latavius Murray gets, yeah, gets two touchdowns and <laughs> Trayvon Smith got two touchdowns, yeah. Right. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just football. That's high variance game. And, you know, you just hope you put yourself in the best position. But I also kind of did the same thing with some cheap wide receivers. I was so focused on like the price tag and like, oh, you know, he only needs a couple long passes. But I mean, like, how likely is that something like that supposed to happen? Not, not very likely. And you know, you're just throwing zeros into a lineup or less than five points. And so it's just yeah. being mindful of that, of kind of creating what will happen for a player or what needs to happen for a player to, you know, pay off. I I would agree. And I, I think one of my process mistakes in week four was very similar to your all's in that I need to kind of improve or tighten up my running back core and make sure that I'm very, very happy and comfortable with that, not overexpose myself to or get tunnel vision on a certain game. And the other one in the Brandon Cooks zero, you know, that one, I don't know if it was a process mistake or not. 
I, I don't know, I may even play him once this week because he's in a similar good spot, but that was very, very frustrating for um, a guy who is running, you know, routes on, on his quarterbacks, almost all of his quarterback dropbacks to to get you a zero. So that was hard. Um, but on to week five. Um, interesting week with obviously a couple games are already moved off the slate and then you know we kind of were talking before we started taping and said it just feels a little you know gross because there's a lot of one-sided games there's there are a lot of high vegas totals but they're they seem a lot of them seem to be lopsided and more one-sided and that makes it difficult um when you're playing daily fantasy so Let's jump right in and talk about week five and favorite stacks. Steve, who are some of your favorite stacks? And this is where you can incorporate some of your core um, quarterback plays. So, uh, you know, this week is not the greatest quarterback um, week, I feel like. Uh, obviously, some games moved off the slate. Um, so no Josh Allen. He would have been he would have been there for me. But um, <clears throat> I I like the uh, Carolina Atlanta game. So I really like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, we saw, you know, last week, Teddy throw for a couple run for one, you know, Atlanta's giving up four or five touchdowns uh, a week, um, a lot through the air. And uh, I just think Teddy Bridgewater is in a really good spot. We've seen, he's got some weapons. Uh, Mike Davis out of the backfield is not um, McCaffrey, but he's doing a solid job. And then uh, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. So I think, Bridgewater with Anderson and Moore, and you can maybe even throw Mike Davison just because the price, all these guys are lower than um, you typically expect. So uh, you could even do a, a, a triple stack here um, or like get Bridgewater, Mike Davis, and a receiver to get basically all the touchdown equity uh, from Carolina. So um, that's probably my favorite stack. I don't mind going back to the Dallas well. Um, so Dak and Cooper, Dak, and Lamb, I just don't like it as much as I did a week ago. Uh, so that you know prevents me from really smashing this game. And I do think Zeke could have a big week. So uh, Dak might not get there this week. Okay, Brad, who are your favorite um, quarterback stacks and, and kind of player stacks for week five, to start out week five? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to um, agree with the, um, the Carolina side of things, right. um, especially with Mike Davis and you know, someone like Robbie Anderson, um, you know, the targets are just there and inside the red zone, Carolina has one of the, I think maybe the highest target percentage of running backs. Um, and, uh, Robbie Anderson compared to DJ Moore, you know, everyone's been waiting on this breakout for DJ Moore, but, uh, Robbie Anderson continues to get most of the targets and especially the red zone targets as well. Um, so I, I definitely like that game, but also I like the the Houston Jacksonville game. Um, I think either quarterback you could play. Um, sure. I, I think I'll probably lean towards Watson just because of the rushing upside, and it feels like this week in particular to have a chance at thirty plus points at quarterback, you're going to need some rushing production. Um, but I I like Fuller. You know he's not fun to play because you know all <laughs> it takes is one. He's out for the game, but. Right. Um, you know, I'll probably play a little bit of Cooks. I was going to say, are you going to go back to the Cooks as well? Uh, you know, just based on price, I think I'll try it, you know, a little bit. But I, I also like the DJ Chark and um, Chenault plays. Um, I like James Robinson as well. Um, 
And I think that, you know, these these teams are both, you know, in the top half of um, plays per second. So, and uh, I think it could be one of the, the closer, higher scoring games um, that you see this weekend. Absolutely. I would agree on that and like that game a lot, too. All right. Now, kind of let's go position by position and, and talk about some just kind of kind of mentioned some some guys already, um, but just our kind of core plays at each position. So running back, Brad, who are your core plays? Um, maybe give me one high price, one low price guy. Yeah. So one of the one of the higher price guys that I like a lot is um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And uh, it's there's a couple reasons why the usage is there. You know, he's getting 66% of the running back snaps. Um, he's also getting about two thirds of the running back targets. Um, yeah. And if you look at his last couple games, you, you look at the points scored, um, fantasy points scored, and you're looking at his floor. Um, some tough matchups, some one um, unfortunate game script, but, uh, you know, he's getting a much better matchup this week. Um, and if even if the usage stays the same, I think the efficiency will go through the roof. You look at the one game he did have a good matchup in, and um, he got over 130 yards rushing. And right. all you you throw in his current workload for targets, and you know you got yourself a 30 plus game quite easily. Um, someone in the mid range I think is very interesting is um, someone like Jarek McKinnon. Um, if you look at last week, he had the most snaps run out of any running backs. Um, across the week Um, he also had a ton of targets and even with uh Mostert however you say his name um (laughs) I can't get that right but even with him coming back it it really just depends him coming back will just limit my exposure to McKinnon you know if he's out I might be rather overweight with him okay and you know if if uh Raheem comes back I'll definitely be um, scaling back how much I play McKinnon. Um, I like that you chose to use his first name this time. Raheem. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely avoiding the last <laughs> name. So, uh, Okay, Steve, who are your kind of core plays um, just uh, at running back? Yeah, so um, I feel like I'm going to have a pretty tighter core this week. Um, so probably... My favorite, one of my favorite plays is uh, James Conner. Um, you know, we didn't play last week, obviously, uh, but the pre- previous two weeks, he looked great, averaged over six yards a carry, um, getting some work in the passing game, not maybe as much as you'd like, but, uh, you know, Philly has been bad uh, against running backs so far, or, or at least below average. Um, and I just think this is a situation where, that Philly offense is just missing so much. The defense is missing a couple of players as well. I think Pittsburgh is up big, and uh, Connor's just running out this clock, and you're looking at 20, 25 carries easy uh, for Connor. Um, I'm also a big James Robinson fan this week. Uh, you look at Houston's rush defense has just been absolutely atrocious. You look at what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did uh, week one, uh, Dalvin Cook uh, last week, Connor week three and then uh you know it doesn't get talked about because there's three different guys well four different guys if you count lamar but the amount of rushing yards they gave up against baltimore was insane and not just rushing yards but the efficiency i mean gus edwards had 
averaged like seven yards a carry. Dobbins had like two carries for 50 yards. Uh, Ingram was over six yards a carry. Just everyone is just running through that that Houston defense. Um, yeah, maybe the coaching change helps that a little bit, but I, I really like James Robinson. And uh, the other one that I'll point to at the higher end is Kareem Hunt. Uh, it is a lower projected scoring game, but Cleveland's rushing offense has been amazing this year. Even, even against uh, the Ravens, who have a very good defense, both Hunt and Nick Chubb ran really well. They just ran out of carries because they got down so much. Um, this is a game where they're likely to be even uh, game script or potentially Cleveland ahead. Uh, no Nick Chubb. I'm sure Johnson and Hillier and the other backs will get some carries, but Cream Hunt is too good of a player. If he's getting 60 70% of the work, especially most of the passing game work, um, he could be in for a major <clears throat> major day. Uh, lower is not like, there's not a lot I like. There's not a lot to like lower for me. Um, one that you could take a shot at would be, uh, David Johnson. It's not pretty, um, given how inefficient the offenses looked, but again, another situation, we just saw Jacksonville get run over by Joe Mixon. Um, we've seen them get run over by some, some other backs as well. So, um, I'll take a shot or two at David Johnson at, at a low price, but that's about it. Low for me. Well, I think between the the running backs that both of you mentioned, that pretty much sums up my core. And in addition, of course, Ezekiel Elliott. We talked about him before we jumped on. This seems like it could be a Zeke week. Um, you know, while Giants maybe can get some more points on the board against the Dallas defense, we still think that Dallas will be playing from ahead. And um, Elliott is certainly due for some touchdown regression. So I think with him and then the guys you mentioned, you're looking at a very strong core of running backs. So now let's move on to the wide receiver position and talk about kind of the favorite plays or core plays there. Uh, Steve, we'll go with you first this time. Who's your favorite high price and um, kind of lower mid-priced receiver? Yeah, so high-priced, um, I think uh, somewhat dependent on health, but I like going back to Calvin Ridley. Uh, I know he didn't have a single catch this past week. Um, but if Julio's out, you got to think Ridley goes back to just a monster target share. Carolina, the defense is probably playing better than people expected, but it's an extremely young defense. Um, I, I think Atlanta will be able to move the ball on them. Uh, and I think this is a shootout game. So I think Ridley's going to need to be effective in this game. Um I think also high-priced Hopkins and Cooper, just with their market target market share, uh, is both extremely sure. high, and um, that makes them very interesting. Middle price, uh, I'm I really like uh, DJ Chark um, in that Jacksonville Houston matchup. Um, also, Robbie Anderson uh, is my favorite of the Carolina receivers, but I think this could be a DJ Moore breakout week. Um, one, one guy who I'm not hearing a lot in terms of ownership, but Jameson Crowder in the two weeks that he's actually played, he's gotten 10 or more targets over hundred yards. This figures to be another week where they're going to have to throw a lot. Um, so I like that as kind of a pivot play in that mid tier going cheap. There's not a ton that <clears throat> sticks out to me. Um, yeah, because a lot of the cheap guys got taken off the slate. There was some couple, yeah. a couple nice options with Tennessee and New England, so they're gone. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, probably the best one. I mean, from a 
pure talent perspective is Darius Slayton uh, from the Giants, but that offense has just obviously been terrible. They've only scored three touchdowns all year. He gets two of them uh, in that week one game against the Steelers. So uh, we'll see if he can get back to you know normal and this offense can be get clicking against this horrid Dallas defense. Uh, but beyond that, cheap guys are they're kind of thin plays. I mean, Sammy Watkins is an interesting guy. Um, hopefully that is a, a pace-up type game and the Chiefs need to score a lot. Um, but not a lot of guys excite me lower. Well, yeah, I think we like some of the running backs a little better than these the, the core of receiver plays. And um, Brad, Steve seemed to take a lot of the good ones. So are there any, any other additional ones you have or do you just want to say everything that Steve just said? <laughs> um, I'll I'll throw some out there. Um, okay. I I was from a high price. I was gonna say Diggs. I, I like the target share he gets, but um, unfortunately, uh, he will not be playing on the slate. Right. Um, but I I was going to re- reiterate Cooper. I think if there's, I'm I'm definitely on the boat that this could be a Zeke game or just a lower volume. Like I don't think Dak's throwing it 50 times again. Um, right. Because I just don't think the Giants can keep up despite the bad Dallas defense. Um, you know, uh, something I heard earlier was if you're hoping that if your your plays, your offensive plays are based on how bad the defense is, you know, that's already kind of a little sketchy. Um, sure. And uh, that kind of applies here. It's like, oh, well, the defense sucks. Well, they should be in a higher, you know, scoring game. But I think if there's one receiver that could get the targets, it's Cooper. Um and then also, I think, you know, he doesn't get a ton of targets, but someone like Tyreek Hill doesn't need a ton of targets, but he scored every single week. Um, right. He gets, he hasn't gotten less than six targets, um, and he's hasn't scored less than 15 points. Um, he hasn't gotten that, you know, 30-plus, 40-plus game yet, but... Yeah, monster game could be coming. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Vegas is a very good defense, um, especially right. when it comes to throwing the ball down the field. And they always try to get Hill in open space, no matter where on the field it is. Um, in the mid-range, I think the two popular ones are going to be the Carolina receivers. Um, sure. But I think someone that could be interesting as kind of like a pivot from them is Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people being interested in potentially playing some San Fran passing pieces, but, you know, for them to be reaching their full potential – Miami's going to be throwing regardless if it's, you know, Tua or Fitzpatrick by the end of the game. Um, I I think they'll be on the higher side of passing attempts. And um, I like him as a potential option. And then towards the the lower end, they're not fun plays, um, (laughs) but they they do allow you to fit in a lot of these running back core that we mentioned. and like like Steve mentioned, the uh, either Tate or Slayton or just a giant receiver in general, you know, you're kind of hoping for um, either a ton of targets and just you're, you're really hoping that Daniel Jones can finally throw a t- touchdown. Um, he hasn't thrown one in a couple of weeks, but you never know with how bad this defense is. Right. Um, but uh, someone else at this price range that I find interesting. I kind of mentioned earlier, but it's going back to the uh, Jacksonville game is Chenault. I think it's a cheap piece that you can get and they do utilize him um, with some rushes and they they just try to get him 
um, as like just touches anywhere on the field. Um, so I think that could be an interesting play um, on the lower side as well. Okay. Um, well, let's go to the other um, pass catching position and, and talk tight ends. Um, you know, usually I don't, I do not like spending up for tight ends, um, but there are a lot of high price tight ends this week on the slate. Um, but there's also some other guys um, down lower that are interesting too. So, Brad, um, who are your favorite kind of high price and low price tight ends? Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm with you on the the whole not really playing high price tight ends unless it's just crazy. Like right. Kittle is interesting, um, especially if you think Garoppolo is going to play. Like you can make that like a little stack. It's on the cheaper side, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like playing high-priced tight ends. I mean, Kelsey, as great of a player as he is, he's 6,400. You can play, I don't know, Mike Davis at the same price. And, right. you know, you don't have to worry as much about, like, Kelsey got three catches for 70 yards. Um, I mean, that's a decent real-life game, but that's just not going to cut it. Not for um, 68 or 6,400. Yeah, 6,400. Yeah. Thank as, you. Yeah. Um, but, like, at the very high end, Kittle's fine. Um, but... I, I tend to lean more towards the uh, the Evan Ingram and um, who's the other guy? Ebron. I think those two, Ingram's kind of the same boat as as those Giants receivers. Um, right. They pretty much run through the air. Uh, he got ten targets for only thirty five <laughs> yards, and you know if you look at that as a six six carries for thirty five yards, that's almost six a carry, so that's pretty good. <laughs> Run but you get the, the points. Air, yeah. You get points for the the catches, and I mean, you you know, some. I don't think ten targets is crazy to think about from Evan Ingram. You know, if he gets seven, six receptions again, fifty yards, and he falls into the end zone, you're looking really good with that price tag. And then Ebron, um, I think all three of us really like Ebron this week. Absolutely, he's kind of the lowest price tight end that I'm really like want to play. And uh, it's the matchup. The matchup's really good. Um, Ebron's gotten more and more targets uh, as each game they've played. Um, and, you know, the tight ends against Philadelphia this year have been a gold mine. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, all right, Steve, who are your favorite kind of different tier pricing tight ends? Yeah. I mean, I think if you're paying up, the play is Kittle because he, to me, is um, underpriced for his potential market share. Um, I, I don't think he's getting 15 targets again, but he could easily get 10. And if you and 10 and get 100 yard bonus and have great touchdown equity, so you know, for a receiver with 6,400 with those same kind of parameters, you you jump at it. Um, but it it is tough to pay up for tight end because they're like we talked about, there's not great running back value. There's not great receiver value. Mm -hmm. So it almost forces you to try and find more value at tight end. Uh, If I'm doing that, which I probably will mainly do, uh, Ingram and Ebron are great plays. I think pivots from that, um, especially Ingram, would be Schultz in the same game as Ingram, and then Hurst uh, in the Atlanta-Carolina game. Uh, They're just in spots that... uh, you know, they, they've been generally effective. Hurst has been a bit more inconsistent, uh, but especially if Julio's out, you've got to think that his targets are 
at least six to eight. Um, if he gets in the end zone, you'll you'll probably be happy. Um, if you're looking for cheap guys, unfortunately, again with some games off the slate and uh, just some what you know the buys and the night games, there aren't a lot of great cheap tight end options. Um, if you're not, you know, going to Eric Ebron, I think two that you could make a case for would be uh, Tyler Eifert in the Jacksonville Houston game. He's gotten six targets two of the last three weeks. Uh, hasn't been fully efficient, but he seems to be the number one tight end in that offense. And then <laughs> it's not great, but Ian Thomas, he did get five targets last week, did almost nothing with it, did get a touchdown, uh, but two receptions for five yards and five targets. And this is just all matchup. Atlanta has been uh, pretty terrible against tight ends. So, um, and it's think, in a game environment you like to. Yeah, and it's in a, a high uh, uh, high Vegas total game. Um, so, uh, you know, Ian Thomas, if he gets five targets in this game, I would expect more than five yards. Um, so hopefully, again, he, they're, both those plays are probably very touchdown dependent, uh, but it could happen for sure. Okay. Well, now let's talk about um, looking at the, the players that might be a little chalky and which players we might go underweight or fade. And honestly, in looking at the list, um, it's kind of all of our favorite plays that are pretty high owned. Um, so this might be tricky and tough, but um, Steve, I'll go with you first. Who, which, which high price player might you consider going underweight or fading? Or excuse me, not high price, high owned, potentially projected yeah. high owned player. Um, Thank you. Well, and, and one thing I think that we should keep in mind is ownership is obviously going to get much more condensed with these two games coming off the slate, including some good plays. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. But from what I've seen, the highest projected running back is Clyde Edwards Hilar. I'll probably have a little of him, but I'll go underweight on him just because I feel like there's so many ways the Chiefs could get there. Um, and a lot of the other running backs that I mentioned, I just feel are better, um, better spots, better price, and the ownership just seems to be better. Uh, at a, a receiver that's kind of high that I will probably be under-owned on, um, I, I mentioned him, but it will probably end up being DeAndre Hopkins just from a perspective that Kyler's done a lot on the ground this year, so... Um, Kyler could get there this week without Hopkins paying off his high price tag. So I'll probably pivot down to some other receivers in that situation more often than not. Okay. Brad, which um, high owned projected high owned players are you looking to um, fade or go underweight on? Um, yeah, I'm, I kind of mentioned this before. Uh, so I guess to kind of repeat myself, but this Dallas offense, I just don't think there's a need for them to, you know, throw as much as they have been. Um, not that they can't run up the score against the Giants. I just, I just don't think Jason Garrett is going to, you know, instill fear into this already really bad defense. Um, you know, the offense is just not, it's just not good, especially without Saquon. Like, they have no running back. They have no way to protect the quarterback. Uh, I mean. Daniel Jones hasn't thrown a, a touchdown in like the past three games. Like you're going to try and tell me that all of a sudden Dak's going to have to throw for 450 yards. Like he has been, I just don't see it. Um, so I think Dak and the pass catchers, I'll be underweight on 
Okay. I'm not going to not play them. Right. I'm not going to be 0% because, you know, Dak is one of those players that, you know, he does run a little bit, um, especially around the goal line. Like, you know, he can get get it through. And um, But, like, someone like C.D. Lamb, I'll definitely be a lot. I might not even play him, um, maybe just once or twice. But um, I, I just – the way I see this game going is, you know, Zeke gets, you know, 35 points. And, you know, he the, – the Dallas – Cowboys win, you know, twenty eight to ten or something. You know, sure. And so you I, see yourself going overweight on Zeke and underweight on the Dallas passing game. Uh, more so, yeah. I don't know if I'll be overweight on Zeke because he is the currently the third highest player. Um, but yeah, I'll probably be around that twenty five percent. Right. Does that say twenty eight? I can't see it on my glasses on, but <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely be around that. Brad, you're a young man. What are you talking about? It's tiny fonts. <laughs> <laughs> um all right guys well th- now let's talk about some maybe tournament not darts but you know some lower owned tournament plays that we could um kind of put in our lineup to you know shoot up to the top of the leaderboard what what low owned tournament plays are you liking this week steve well uh i'll give a couple at running back um and then a couple at receiver but um, two guys that I mentioned at running back, um, Connor and James Robinson are both projected under 10% right now. That's surprising. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's where I will put a lot more ownership. Um, and then, uh, at, at receiver, um, a guy that, you know, I'll take a shot on. I mentioned also was Sammy Watkins, um, you know, Hopefully the narrative is that, you know, like I said, any number of Chiefs could go off, but Watkins has has gotten decent target share. So, um, you know, for his price, I think he can do it. And, uh, you know, Raiders are missing some secondary pieces, kind of a young secondary, not something that really scares me. So um, he's he's a guy I'd point to uh, there. And then, um, uh, you know, we didn't talk about it much. Um, I, I, I mentioned it, but Jameson Crowder, uh, he's projected under 5% ownership. And again, with that target share of 10 plus targets, a hundred yards in a game where they're probably going to be down and having to throw Joe Flacco will probably have to throw 40 sometimes. They don't have a lot of weapons. Um, you know, I think Crowder's a, a pretty decent play. Okay. Brad, what, uh, lower owned tournament plays are you looking at? Um, I just had a, a question based on that last thing that Steve said. So does that mean that Chris Herndon is interesting to you as well? You know, it, I could probably get behind it this week. Most weeks I've been totally against it, but I do think uh, Arizona is defense is, is good, but not great. And, uh, you know, we've seen some teams put some points on them. So I don't hate Herndon. Um, i Definitely want to limit my Jets exposure, so probably more Crowder. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so my loan plays, uh, Steve pretty much took all of the running back ones. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think I think maybe with the condensed uh, week that James Conner is going to get a lot more look, um, especially with all like right. a, a James Conner Pittsburgh defense stack, I think is a, a very good way to start your lineup build. Um, Absolutely, and I also like James Robinson. I I think that you know Steve brought up a lot of 
good points in that Houston's defense is awful against the run. Um, <laughs> um, some wide receivers that I like to look at is uh, in the same Pittsburgh game, uh, Deontay Johnson. I know he's coming back from injury, but before he got hurt, you know, double-digit targets both full games he played. Um, you can't really ask more um, against a terrible Pitts, not Pittsburgh, uh, Philadelphia secondary. Um, and uh, I, I did mention Chanel earlier. I think that's, you know, he could be the wide receiver that scores a touchdown. You know, he could run one in. You know, there's a lot of ways that he can get points. Um, and then I think I, I think I'm maybe more interested in, in players like uh, Devontae Parker, uh, Miles Gaskin. I think that they'll have to, you know, try and put up some points. Um, you know, the the attempts will be there from the quarterback. And then same thing kind of goes with the uh, the Cincinnati-Baltimore game. Um, someone like T. Higgins, he got seven targets last week. Um, I think that game, I do think the uh, the Ravens will be winning. Um, we'll have to see if Lamar plays. But I, I, it would be interesting to see how that uh, those projections turn out if, say, Lamar doesn't play um, versus that he does. Um, you know, I think that no one's really going to play anyone on Cincy, and you might be able to, you know, play either someone like Boyd or Higgins and get a decent return. Um, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah, some of those guys you mentioned, I agree, I agree with both of you that ownership's going to get redistributed and probably go up on a lot of these guys, but some of those guys you just mentioned, sub 5%, you know, as low as you know, two, three percent owned. And if that if it came in anywhere near that, those could be really, really good tournament plays. So um so I like it guys. Uh, we had a uh I think a good another good session of talking through our process. Um before we um go, Steve, any final thoughts for week five? Uh I will say just because you know we're losing two games and there are some buys, um I'm gonna care less about ownership. I'm just gonna want to get good plays in. Uh, and not really not focus about ownership too much. Um, I, I just feel like you don't need much to be different. I mean, you could have three guys that are 30% owned and then, you know, just one tight end or defense that's a, a little different or one receiver that's a little different and that, that'd be enough. Um, so th- this week I'm just, I don't want to chase too much uh, bad ownership. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm really going to, focus on guys who I think are in games that are going to produce points and have uh, some sort of market share, whether it's running or, or receiving. Sure. Uh, Brad, what are your kind of final thoughts going into um, week five? Yeah. Uh, piggyback, piggybacking off of what Steve said, um, you know, playing chalk that doesn't perform well, like Kamara last week, we didn't lose money because he had a bad game because everyone else played him as well. It's, Right. The the 2v2s that you might have changed your lineup with, you know, compared to someone else. Um, so that's where you, you get different. And, uh, wow, that's a great catch. Um, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, Thursday night football's on. Full yeah. Disclosure. <laughs> um, but I just hope that we don't have any more delays or postponements yeah. or anything. Because I, I feel like that is going to really just quite i mean that goes back to not really caring about ownership and just trying to get the best plays in of games that actually happen um so 
I, I would like to have more games happen so that things <laughs> a little bit more spread out and also more enjoyment of watching. But um, yeah, just kind of hoping for more negative tests. Yeah, that's that's another good thing to hope for too. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me and walking through the process again. Thanks to you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and stay safe out there. Good luck this week and we'll see you next time.